Chapter 20 Das Ganu's Problem Solved by Kaka's Maid Servant In this chapter, Hemant Pan describes how Das Ganu's problem was solved by Kaka Sahib Dikshit's maid servant. Preliminary God was originally formless. He assumed a form for the sake of bhaktas. With the help of Maya, he played the part of an actor in the big drama of the universe. Let us remember and visualize Sri Sai. Let us go to Shirdi and see carefully the program after the noon Arti. After the Arti ceremony was over, Sai used to come out of the masjid and standing on its edge, distribute Udi to the devotees with very kind, gracious and loving looks. The Bhaktas also got up with equal fervor, clasped his feet and had the bliss of Udi. Baba passed handfuls of Udi into the palms of the devotees and marked their foreheads with Udi with his own hands. The love he bore for them in his heart was boundless. Then he addressed the Bhaktas, O Bhav, go home to take your lunch. You Anna, go to your lodgings. You Bapu, enjoy your meal. In this way, he accosted each and every devotee and sent them home. Even now, they can have the pleasure of these sights if you bring into play your imagination. Now, beginning Sai in our mental vision, let us meditate on him from his feet upwards to his face prostrating before him humbly, lovingly and reverently. Isha Upanish Das Kanu once started to write a Marathi commentary on the Isha Upanishad. Let us first give a brief idea of this Upanishad before proceeding further. It is called Mantropanishad as it is embodied in the mantras of the Vedic Sanhita. It constitutes the last or the 40th chapter of the Vajasaneya Sanhita and it is therefore called Vajasaneya Sanhito Panishad. Being embodied in Vedic Sahityas, this is regarded as superior to all other Upanishads which are in the Brahmanyaks and Aranyakas explanatory treatise on mantras and rituals. Not only this, other Upanishads are considered to be commentaries on the truths mentioned briefly in the Isha Upanishad. For instance, the biggest of the Upanishads, that is the Brindhadrayaka Upanishad, is considered by Pandit Satavalekar to be a running commentary on the Isha Upanishad. Professor R. D. Ranade says, the Ishopanishad is quite a small Upanishad and yet it contains many facts which show an extraordinary piercing insight. Within the short compass of 18 verses, it gives a valuable mystical description of the Atma a description of the ideal sage who stands unruffled in the midst of temptations and sorrows, an adoration of the doctrine or karma yoga, as later 
formulated. The most valuable idea that lies at the root of the Upanishad is that of a logical synthesis between the two opposites of knowledge and work, which are both required according to the Upanishad to be annulled in a higher synthesis. In another place he says that the poetry of the Ishopanishad is a co-mixture of moral, mystical and metaphysical knowledge. From the brief description given above about this Upanishad, one can see how difficult it is to translate this Upanishad in a vernacular language and bring out its exact meaning. Das Ganu translated it in Marathi, Ovi Mitra, verse by verse, but as he did not comprehend the gist or essence of the Upanishad, he was not satisfied with his performance. One being dissatisfied, he consulted some learned men regarding his doubts and difficulties and discussed it with them at great length. They did not solve them, nor did they give him any rational and satisfactory explanation. So Daskanu was a little restless over this matter. Sadhguru only competent and qualified to explain. As we have seen, this Upanishad is the quintessence of the Vedas. It is the science of self-realization. It is the sink or weapon which can rend as under the bondage of life and death and make us free. Therefore, he thought that he who has himself attained self-realization can only give him the true or correct interpretation of the Upanishad. When nobody could satisfy Daskanu, he resolved to consult Sai Baba about this. When he got an opportunity to go to Shirdi, he saw Sai Baba, prostrated himself before him and mentioned his difficulties about the Isha Upanishad and requested him to give the correct solution. Sai Baba blessed him and said, You not, need not be anxious. There is no difficulty about the matter. The maid servant of Kaka, that is Kaka Sahib Dikshit, will solve your doubts at Villa Pale on your way home. The people who were present there and heard this thought that Baba was joking and said, How could an illiterate maid servant solve difficulties of the, this mystic nature? But Daskanu thought otherwise. He was sure that whatever Baba spoke must come true, as Baba's word was the decree of Brahma, that is the Almighty. Kaka's maidservant. Fully believing Baba's words, he left Shirdi and came to Villepale, which is a suburb of Mumbai, and stayed with Kaka Sahib Dikshit. There, the next day, when Daskanu was enjoying his morning nap, some say when he was engaged in worship, he heard a poor girl singing a beautiful song in clear and melodious tone. The theme of the song was a crimson colored sari, how nice it was, how fine it, its embroidery was, how beautiful were its borders, etc. He liked the song so much that he came out and saw that it was being sung by a young girl 
the sister of Namia, who was a servant of Kaka Sahib. The girl were, was cleaning vessels and had only a torn rag on her person. On seeing her improvised condition and her happy temperament, Daskanu felt pity for her. And when Rao Bahadur, that is M. V. Pradhan, gave him a pair of dhotars the next day, he requested him to give a sari to the poor little girl also. Rao Bahadur bought a good chirdi, that is a small sari, and presented it to her. Like a starved person getting delicious dishes to eat, her joy knew no bounds. Next day she wore the new sari and out of great joy and merriment whirled and danced around and played fugadi with other girls. The following day she kept the new sari in her box at home and came in the old and torn rags but she looked as merry as she was the previous day. On seeing this Daskanu's pity transformed into admiration. He thought that the girl being poor had to wear a torn rag but now she had a new sari which she kept in reserve and putting on the old rag strutted herself showing no trace of sorrow or dejection. Thus he realized that all our feelings of pain and pleasure depend upon the attitude of our mind. On thinking deeply over this incident he realized that a man ought to enjoy whatever God has bestowed on him in the firm conviction that he besets everything from all sides and that whatever is bestowed on him by God must be for his good. In this particular case, the impoverished condition of the poor girl, her torn rag and the new sari, the donor, the doni and the deal were all parts of the God and pervaded by Him. Here Dasganu got a practical demonstration of the lesson of the Upanishad, the lesson of contentment with one's own lot, with the belief that whatever happens is ordained by God and is ultimately good for us. Unique method of teaching. From the above incident, the reader will see that Baba's method was unique and varied. Though Baba never left Shirdi, he sent some to Machindragarth, some to Kolapur or Sholapur for practicing sadhanas. To some he appeared in his usual form, to some he appeared in waking or dream states, day or night, and satisfied their desires. It is impossible to describe all the methods that Baba used in imparting instructions to his bhaktas. In this particular case, he sent Daskanu to Villaparle where he got his problem solved through the maidservant. To those who say that it was not necessary to send away Daskanu and that Baba could have personally taught him, we say that Baba followed the right or best course or how else could Daskanu learn a great lesson that the poor maid servant and her sari were pervaded by the Lord. Now we close the chapter with another beautiful extract about this Upanishad. The Ethics of the Isha 
One of the main features of the Isha Upanishad is the ethical advice it offers and it is interesting to note that the ethics of the Upanishad are definitely based upon the metaphysical position given in it. The very opening words of the Upanishad tell us that God pervades everything. As a corollary from this metaphysical position, the ethical advice it offers is that a man ought to enjoy whatever God bestows on him in the firm belief that as he pervades everything, whatever is bestowed on him by God must be good. It follows naturally that the Upanishad forbids us from coveting another man's property. In fact, we are fittingly taught here a lesson of contentment with one's own lot in the belief that whatever happens is divinely ordained and hence it is good for us. Another moral advice is that man must spend his lifetime always in doing action, specifically the karmas enjoyed in the shastras with resignation to his will. Inactively, according to this Upanishad, would be the kanka of the soul. It is only when a man spends his lifetime in doing actions in this manner that he can hope to attain the idea of nais karmaya. Finally, the text goes on to say that a man who sees all beings in the self and sees the self as existing in all beings in fact for whom all beings and everything that exists have become the self, how can such a man suffer infatuation? What ground would such a man have for grief? Loathfulness, infatuation and grief verily proceed from our not being able to see the Atma in all things. But a man who realizes the oneness of all things for whom everything has become the self must ipso facto cease to be affected by the common foibles of humanity. Bow to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.